0: what is up wrestling fans welcome to another pay-per-viewpoint edition of the smart out moment smack talk podcast where we're going to be talking about aew all in 2023 coming up this sunday we're going to run down the card as what it currently is give our predictions preview any other thoughts that we have along the lines i'm your host as always tony mango joining me as always are callum wiggins
1: hello everyone and robert de felice Hey, Tony, you remember in 2018 when it was like, oh, isn't it cute that we're covering a show outside WWE all in?
0: (laughs) That's true. Um, Go back and check out that if you want to have a little blast from the past. We also did a Wrestling is 2020, I believe, on All In, or something around that time frame of like a, you know, Wrestling with the Past or something. So, you know, our opinions over the course of the Couple different years and how AEW has panned out and all. Now we're gonna get all in London and we've got eleven matches currently announced for it. They might still add some different things or make some tweaks in the meantime. When it comes to Friday Night's Rampage episode or the Collision episode, now they did record those in advance, but just because they have like the results for those doesn't necessarily mean that they won't put a graphic up and say something different or whatever. But if they do change anything like that, you will see an update on smartcatmamba.com. And then we'll of course talk about that when the pay-per-view comes around because we will be doing our normal pay-per-view point post show immediately after the pay-per-view on, uh, what is it, around like four or five o'clock or something in the afternoon is probably when it's going to end. So make sure you have your email alert set up. Make sure you are also clicking around on all those good things on YouTube that you should normally be doing. Make sure you are subscribed Make sure you hit the like button on this video. That helps us out quite a bit. Click the share button if you want to pass it around. Or if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things. There's the join button and the thanks button. Thanks button's just a little tip jar. But the join button gives you access to the same same things as the Patreon. And the past episode that we just did two days ago. Or yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, it was when yesterday. we did uh, the sparkle quizzes. That was a pick of poison for the Patreon. So that's. A little example of what we mean as far as you get to directly sponsor something and make sure that we do something like that Darkcast we did not that long ago another example is something that you get if you are on the Darkcast cast here so if you want to help us out like that it's all greatly greatly appreciated and if you want any more information about that let me know but i don't want to bog this down too much i want to get into all in talk about what the matches are that we've got going on we have two matches for the zero hour right now i am assuming that they might add another one or something because they typically usually have more than two, but these 11 matches have had a lot of changes to them. And there is no way that this is the card that Tony Khan had originally planned. We know, of course, Brian Danielson was injured. We know Pac was injured. Jamie Hayter was injured. And all three of them would have had some prominent spots here. We, of course, don't have Ray Phoenix now on this pay-per-view. AR Fox has been changed out of this event who knows what this was originally planned to be but the current lineup i gotta say there's some major positives and there's some okay you just threw them together and you said screw it you want to see these people don't you isn't that good enough which is very indicative of a lot of AEW programming and i'm excited about a good portion of it and some of it i just don't kind of care about all balances out to if you checked out my wrestling nudes, uh, heat index that I'm still pretty high on it overall, but that's my opinion. What do you guys have to say? Are you super duper looking excited for this? Are you feeling a little disappointed in some ways? Start with Callum, for instance, I know you're going to this. Are you feeling as hyped right now as you thought that you would be, or are you feeling like you're sort of not like making a, up for a lack of hype, but when you originally were gonna buy tickets for this, did you think that it was gonna be a better card than what this was or is this exceeding your expectations?
2: I'm 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 fucking I'm fucking pumped. I'm nice. so <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited. I I I can't stop thinking about what it's gonna be like surrounded by eighty thousand people watching a wrestling show in like the biggest stadium that I could possibly go see it in this country. It is it's the company that I've been rooting for since the since they started, and they've always, like, come through for me. Like I say, they're not perfect, and they do things that are dumb. Something they did on this recent episode of Dynamite, I thought was really, really dumb. But uh, but overall, it's been, they're so important to everything. What we see in wrestling nowadays, it's so important to have a strong, viable competitor. Just to even experience this. Like, I say, the card could, it be, could it be better. Of course it could be better. Like, Bombastic card of all time, but I think that just the experience and the fact that people are probably working unbelievably hard to deliver this show and make it as good as possible, means that even if it doesn't look on the surface to be a card where there could be improvements and maybe certain things could be changed around, and maybe it doesn't have like that overall dream card aspect that some people are craving. I think there is a very strong potential that it could go down as one of the greatest pipe per views of all time. I
0: what mean, about you, Rob? You're not going, obviously, but from the you know uh, comfort I, of your couch or well, your computer chair.
1: <laughs> I think I'll be sitting right in this chair as I do for all the events. I it's impossible not to be excited for this show. It has the aura of a WrestleMania in the sense that just in scale, this is going to be the biggest show this company's ever put on. It's one of the biggest audiences ever, you know, in wrestling, and they're breaking a lot of records, and it's super cool in that aspect. Of course, it's not the dream card that you sit down and you go, well, we've got Wembley Stadium, so we've got to have every single dream match that's ever existed. And I do think that there's a lot on this card that's kind of like, man, some of this seems avoidable, but... All that being said, yeah, I'm very excited. And I think being a mark for certain individuals, this might be a very fun afternoon for me by the end of the night.
0: I'm interested in the difference between all in and all out of what we're going to see where like. Certain people aren't booked on this card, and you got to imagine that a lot of them are like, man, like like a Chris Statlander, for instance, that she would be like, man, I really wish that I could be defending my title. And then you're going to get told, well, you'll defend it all out, and it's like, well, that's, you know, I mean, that's great and all, but at the same time, it's a little bit of a consolation prize. You think
1: that they just fly her over to Wembley and have her do a zero hour match with Ruby?
0: Could very well happen, yeah. I mean, there are still potential matches that they get add for the, uh, the zero hour, but not everybody can make it on every card and you know some people like a a qt marshall knows that and other people are injured and you know obviously there's a handful of different changes that were not at all what tony khan would have wanted it to be the case so i can't put blame entirely on him for some things that are out of his hands but some other ones do feel a little bit just sort of all right this is the best you could come up with and you you know it's it's Maybe we should think of a term for this. Um, Like we have the Brock Lesnar rule. Maybe there's some kind of a phrasing we can use for the idea that this isn't just an AEW thing. This has been a a WWE thing too. Of the, shut up, you know that people are going to have a good match. That's all that matters. Wait a couple weeks and watch the pay-per-view and you'll enjoy the match. Maybe there's like some term we should make. If you have any suggestions, drop in the comments below.
2: Well, I think that actually the thing that's keeping... As like I say, I'm just excited for the card, and I think the card for overall, I think, looks really strong. But I'd say that the thing that's actually missing from this card to make it great are some matches where they're just going to have a good match and watch it. I think the thing that's actually dragging this card down is that too many of the matches are story-driven. Huh. Because I mean... because it's, cause it's like you do this special thing, and it's like you're trying to build a dream card. Like, dream cards, for me... And this is just from my perspective, and we've done a lot of like fantasy bookings as well. Dream matches are like I want to see this wrestler against this wrestler, and I don't care how they get there. I just want to see them against each other. Whereas this one, pretty much every single match has an element of story or um, like a feud that's uh, building up. It's actually they've taken the approach of using this as part of like let's say you could have you could have taken the approach and treated it similarly to like a Forbidden Door. Where it's like this is this big special once a lifetime show. So instead of properly building a load of feuds, we're just saying, This match is happening, this match is happening, this match is happening, and just like you know, just throw two people together that you haven't haven't seen a match between them in AEW so far and just say, We're gonna do this because it's the biggest show we possibly can. Let's just throw just fitball in like Omega vs. Punk is just gonna happen on this even if there hasn't been any build towards it. Whereas this one they'd be like, Okay, we're gonna actually tell a lot of stories leading into this and then also try and then weave those stories into the all out show that's happening a week afterwards.
0: So, I think there are like fun. three matches that strike me as not having too much of a story or it, it, well, some of them. I mean, well, let's just get into uh, <laughs> uh, some of these things and we'll, we'll go through the whole thing. Obviously um, there are storylines for pretty much all of them. And one of them that's a brand new addition to the card that uh just took place last night there is going to be an ftw championship match on the zero hour between hook and jack perry i want hook to be the last ftw champion and for the longest time i've wanted the ftw title to go away because i thought it's a stupid name and you know it's didn't seem like it served too much of a purpose, but now that they've been kind of almost making it like, Hey, this could become a hardcore title in some ways. I don't want it to go away anymore. I just want it to be rebranded to something else. And I'd rather hook win and then have them potentially change it to like what they did with like the all Atlantic championship and the international title where they're just like, all right, going forward, it's going to be called this. And we're going to move on from that. I'd like them to rebrand it like that. And then they can play around with somebody like a Moxley holding it or somebody like a Lance Archer or whoever it might be. But I don't know if now's the time to give it back to Hook. Because Perry, in my mind, didn't win this title so long ago that it's fine to just move on. So my brain's telling me Perry is going to retain somehow. But my heart's going. Well, I just want this is Hook's title. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I yeah,
2: think, I, go ahead, Cal. I'll tell you, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that side of things. I, I think Hook is the eventual person that will hold that title again. I just think that it's, um, it might be a bit soon to take the title off Perry after winning it. I know it's not the, the straight up AEW singles title that he's been clamouring for but i don't know if and when that's coming because again there's a lot of there are a lot of titles in AEW, but there are a lot of people holding them that's are doing really good jobs with them and there are other people that could be the ones to take it from them i mean uh like you look at the, the tnt title and the darby allen's gonna be fighting for that and maybe like he could be like there could be a transition from darby allen to jack perry but then like Jay White should have like a title at some point soon. And you could argue Juice Robinson's been doing a great job. I swear Strickland needs a title at some point as well. There's a lot of people in that upper mid-card range that are certainly worthy of championships. So do you take the title off Perry here and then potentially not be able to give him that proper AEW singles title run for a, 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 at least a period of time? So I think you could probably have Perry get the victory here in some kind of shady way again and continue to build up to Hook's eventual recapturing of that title.
1: This is a mental block I have, and I was thinking of this as Calm was speaking, but sometimes I get too bogged down in the idea of, you gotta do it in their hometown, man, and then it's, Grand slam's coming, so if you just want to have Perry squeak by Hook, that he can you know beat him in Grand Slam. either way, I'll say whether it happens at Wembley or they stretch it out to Grand Slam. I think the eventual goal since they've had Rob Van Dam and Hook say it I mean, not Hook, uh Perry say it I think Hook will retire the FTW title. I think he will win it, give it to his father and move on and that title will no longer be in contention i think it will fit better at grand slam but i kind of see them just doing it here so i'll say hook wins
0: i could very much see them doing it here to start off the night with the title change and just be like okay the crowd's really pumped for it actually for that matter i think that they're going to start off potentially with the, unless they add any other matches to the card. off with the tag, title the tag titles for the zero hour. Yeah. Mm. To bookend the whole night. I don't want to talk about that one quite yet. I want to save that for just doubling it up but, for the main yeah, event. That
1: needs to be
2: towards the end. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but I could see them having the FDW title change hands in the zero hour because they want to put a title change on there. Spoiler alert <laughs> for what I think is going to happen in the ROAs match. Um, and that wouldn't shock me if that ends up just being like, okay, let's give the title back to hook or if they want to do something with Perry retaining and then drag it out to uh, grand slam, but hook should eventually get it back. And at least that's where one championship could be heading. Another one is called the real world championship in quotation marks. And that's cm punk defending against samoa joe now this is one of those matches that i do feel is very much here's punk versus joe and not necessarily something that they put as much of time and effort into that makes sense to me because there was the whole punk and ricky stark's thing and then it's sort of just uh, joe which gives me a little bit of an idea that maybe they didn't have any of that planned whatsoever. They had somebody else in mind for Punk. Maybe it was like Punk and Danielson or something. And then when that fell through, he probably said, give me Joe to work with. I'm not feeling it, to be honest. They did just have their match. It's not like it's 10 years ago where I would have been more interested in it. I don't love this real world title thing either. And it doesn't feel like the titles in the slightest bit of jeopardy. So to me, this... Reads pretty much as Joe and Punk are comfortable together, and Punk w- needs somebody to beat.
1: Any anyway. well, I um, think. Oh, go ahead, Cal. No, you go first. Go. I think that CM Punk and Samoa Joe are gonna absolutely tear the fucking house down. I these shows go five hours anyway. Please give them an hour to work with. You know what I mean? Like, I they're so much fun to watch and. I have my own issues with the fact that we're just branding this a championship match. I actively tried to ask that my questions don't usually get picked on the media call, but I wanted to ask Tony Khan, like, well, can you explain why this is a championship that's being defended? I mean, not you didn't section? phrase
0: it as what are we doing here?
1: <laughs> I, would have, I, I should have. Maybe that would have gotten answered. But that aside, I love everything collision. I The way that Callum feels about AEW as a whole I feel about Collision I think Collision is the best paced show In wrestling right now I think it's got some of the best wrestlers To ever do it And I'm excited to see CM Punk Who I'm going to go on record here And say will probably be wearing Some Terry Funk inspired gear And Samoa Joe Just beat the show for one last time Because they're probably not going to do it again this is probably the end of the end, and I'm just really excited to see it happen. And yeah, Punk's gonna win. He's probably gonna fight Ricky Starks a week later in Chicago, but I'm excited for this.
2: Yeah, I think that um, I think I think this has been well built. I think that they had their match at the semi final with the Owen, but then ever since then, Joe has been pretty much very dead set on saying. I want to write that wrong. That's just like a fluky pin. It's not a fitting end for our our story rivalry. We need to do it on the biggest stage. And yeah, so I think that they have done a good job with that. They've done a really good job in Collision in terms of balancing out the fact that Punk is both feuding with Samoa Joe and Ricky Starks at the same time. So, and obviously that Starks and Punk match will take place at All Out. So that's another match they'll be able to uh, highlight. But I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, this is pure nostalgia for the most part in the fact that, yeah, these were, they had three absolutely killer matches in Ring of Honor and they have this, yeah, it's like this long standing rivalry. And so why not blow it off in one of the biggest shows of all time? So, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't care if there was no story attached to it, but the fact that there is adds a little bit of fuel to the fire, but for the most part, it's just, yeah, these are two wrestlers with a really storied past and they're two of the biggest stars we have. So let's throw them together and attach a championship to it. I'd say, like, the real world championship, I don't think will come into play, like, for realistically for a little while in terms of like actually being like a big story driven aspect. But, yeah, I'm just excited to see what these two do. I know Punk's lost a step since returning because uh, he suffered two serious injuries and now he's a little bit slower and a little bit more tentative than he used to be. And Joe is obviously a lot older than he used to be, but I think that they will find a way to make this work really, really well. And again, it's just the the atmosphere and the surroundings knowing that this is the occasion for it, that I think they're just going to bring it at a different level than they have so far on Collision, which has already been very good. And also I'm just excited to see the spot where Joe walks away from punk when he dies. You know? <laughs> Cause that's always, that's the spot to always just like cheer and get excited about. Uh,
0: let's go with, uh, let's go with the trios world title, uh, the world trios championship match. I should say house of black is going up against Billy Gunn and the acclaimed, which if you've been tracking the story recently, Billy Gunn was essentially retired and then said no nah, never mind one more match i don't think he's done with this match but i do think that house of black is going to retain
1: and absolutely not are you crazy
2: yeah that's there's no way that <laughs> i mean i mean i say there's no way that can happen obviously it can happen because that's just the result thing that this is all building towards billy Gunn yeah, yeah. Know, winning the trio's titles
1: yeah, you
0: crazy? Like, no, I could see a scenario where House of Black just retains and it's like one of the heels end up winning, and that's you know, because I don't think gaunt- that Billy Gunn's going to be wrestling enough to have the champion. I mean, maybe they—I uh, didn't really think about the, the idea that they don't need to have the, the title ring super long.
1: CM Punk and FTR, I don't care if he loses it to QTV, but he's got to win it here because. That's the story they're telling
2: i'd i say if this was this if this has been a one off then then yeah, sure it's just like a build up to it, but the fact is this is their third match with each other that they, they've been feuding on and off since um double or nothing, so I think that this is the opportunity to have a big moment where you have Billy Gunn the acclaimed, hold those titles up, you give like daddy ass his is like that little award for essentially like being big character over the last year or so for AEW. He's that whole Billy Gunn and Acclaimed act has been really, really successful for them. So yeah, it, it, I'm not going say like it's just the trios titles, because the trio's titles have been like well defended, they've been put on good teams, but there's no harm in giving it to Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed. And I'd say they can have a short run, then Billy can can then either retire either hang it up or um take on a more just strict managerial role of the acclaimed as they pursue the the tag team titles again. But I think just, I think you need
0: this moment. I mean, if you're telling exactly. me what I want to happen, I want the acclaimed of Billy Gunn to win. Yeah. But I could yeah. see definitely see a scenario where House of Black retains.
1: I'm just going to put this out there. This man called the acclaimed his children. If Juice and the Guns don't absolutely fucking murder them seven days later in Chicago, I'd be a little upset. But to get there, <laughs> Billy Gunn has to win these titles.
0: We're going to come back to the idea of somebody winning a championship and dropping it very quickly. I'm going to bring that up potentially two more times. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this match should be fun, if not even just for hearing what they say for their entrance. Let alone, I'm, you know, I mean, obviously, there's talented people in here. So,
2: I mean, I'm sure this match would be good. I don't feel it uh particularly long, but really, yeah. this is all building towards the Billy Gunn hot tag. And then, yeah, and then we'll see one way or the other. Either way, Billy Gunn is either getting the pin or he's getting pinned. So, but I, but I think it's time to put the titles on, put put the titles onto uh, Gunn and the Acclaimed. They built this, built this up long enough.
1: Alan, yeah, well, not to put you on the spot here, but you're going to be scissoring with eighty thousand <laughs> other people. How do you feel? I
2: mean, I'd be I'd be, I'd be quite wary of touching anybody. <laughs> there's, there's, but but, uh, but yeah, but yeah. It'd be a big scissor party. The biggest scissor party London has ever seen.
0: Except for that one time. Yeah,
2: that, that, <laughs> that, 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 that debate in Parliament got really out of hand.
0: <laughs> Another trios match on the card is the Golden Elite, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page against Bullet Club, Golds, Juice Robinson and Jay White, as well as Konosuke Takeshita, which is pretty much... You know, continuing the feud that's been going on for a while. So it's just, all right, here are three of the ones and then against three of the other ones, and they're continuing on with that. But look at the six people involved. Yeah, this is going to be a good match. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right?
1: I'm a little shifted that Hangman just wasn't on TV this week to build it up, but that's something I guess I can get over. This should absolutely rule. Um, the six men involved are amazing and I think if anything this is probably leading to maybe Jay and Hanger at Chicago and maybe well maybe it's probably going to be uh, Takeshita and Omega as well and it should be cool to see Coda in a match where he doesn't have to take thumbtacks and do violent spots and he can just Kind Of focus on the in ring work, it's gonna be an absolute banger,
2: yeah. I'm yeah, super pumped for this one. Just the names involved alone is just gonna be hard hitting action from start to finish. I'm not gonna be one of these like multitude of people that you see online that are just bitching and moaning because Omega's not in a singles match. It's like you could get to see any Omega perform in like this big match with a lot of like awesome guys to work with, and it's like, yeah. It's not the same as if he was in a singles match, but that's it's 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 not like it's not the end of the world type thing. Everyone seems to think that like the sky's falling because Omega doesn't get a singles match on
0: on All In. It's like
2: no, nah, there's like there's a lot of other big matches that have been built for this thing. So, and would you He's rather get this-
0: Omega versus Takeshita and then not have Ibushi, Page, Robinson, and White on the mm. card, or would you rather have a six man?
2: And I think all six of these guys, obviously, they deserve to be on a stage like this. I mean, Ibushi's only been with AEW for one match so far, but just for the litany of his career, it's just a huge opportunity for him. He wouldn't be able to turn it down. Adam Page, I've always held, maybe not so much now because of what's been happening with MJF, but he always struck me as like the main character of AEW. He's a little bit like, on the sidelines a bit more, but I think that he definitely deserves to be part of this show. Uh, takesha has been great. Jay White is awesome. Juice Robinson is like a revelation. Like I think he's just he's been incredible since he's uh since especially since collision started. And yeah, they're gonna have an absolutely banger match. And we'll see what happens. It probably like there's there's kind of like no wrong answer in terms of who wins and loses this one because as Rob rightly says, they're probably all gonna lead into other matches that t- take place at all out. Um I could see Takeshta pinning Omega on this one just to Lead into the title match afterwards, but then again, Juice Robinson is there, and Juice Robinson is usually there in these matches to take the pin. So, yeah, it's hard to hard to predict this one. I think I'll I'll go. I'm leaning towards like this being like a baby face winning heavy show. So I'll mm-hmm. go with the Golden Elite winning this one.
0: I could see Takeshita getting the win for his team to set up the singles match with Omega if that's how they want to kind of play into it, but. If they're going mostly for just getting the biggest pops and all, Golden Elite wins.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Bullet Club Gold winning because I think not only Takeshita, but Jay White needs to look very strong. This is a guy who can be plugged into the top of the card for years and years and years to come. And I think they need a win here. They can each kind of go their own way. A week later but i think it would benefit everybody if the heels won here
0: as far as the other members of the elite the young bucks are getting that tag title match against ftr unless something of course changes in the meantime but at this point i don't think it's really going to happen but this one is one of those matches that i that they're just doing it to do it and Sometimes that's perfectly fine because the match is going to be really good. I know that Callum is going to be going absolutely nuts in his seat. Probably maybe the show stealer match of the pay-per-view, but um, the outcome, I don't know. I was dead set on FTR is going to retain up until this whole Cash Wheeler incident. Now I'm not entirely sure. If they are continuing to have the titles on them, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world for me. So I am still leaning towards FDR retaining, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go with the Young Bucks here to make sure that they don't have a situation where those belts end up getting hung up in some fashion. But I'm also going to say the addition to the Black Bull Combat Club team when we get into that match, that's made me go okay i think i know who i would at least bank on being the next champions after this if the young bucks ended up winning or if ftr retains i'm kind of looking like you're either transitioning to the young bucks temporarily because of that or you're going to move on with ftr and follow through with the same plan but it's going to all end up in the same spot so it ultimately really doesn't matter in my mind who wins this It's just whether or not they're going to pull off the match that everybody's hoping for. I think that they will. But I'm going to go after your retaining, actually.
1: I had the Young Bucks winning before this because we need a babyface Young Bucks run. The run that we had was fun, but it was a largely silly-based run. And I still think that AEW hasn't given... People that fun, you know, cleaner Omega baby face. Fun young bucks run at the top. And there are obvious reasons why they didn't do that. They went with a heel run instead. So it didn't look like, you know, they were just putting themselves over from the get. But I think now is the time to do it. And the situation with Wheeler being what it is, even though Tony has been very clear, like it's inconclusive. We still don't know all the details of that. I think either way the Young Bucks are winning because I think they need a good run. I'm not gonna say it's their last run ever, but like it could be, you never know. So let's let's enjoy it, you know, and I think they're gonna win here in what should be a phenomenal wrestling match. Yeah,
2: and i am super excited for this match. These are two of the greatest tag teams of the modern era going up against each other and in the third in their trilogy so they're going to be playing back a lot of stuff from their their previous matches so a lot of callbacks a lot of fun spots i'm super excited for it i think that i think yeah i'm on rob's side in the the young bugs i think gonna get the victory i just think it feels like let's say they were at the first all-in and they were kind of like the architects of the first all-in. So I feel like it's a little bit apropos that they win the tag team titles again, at uh, in this venue, in this in the namesake uh, event, FTR. I think I think it's even though there's a lot of stuff with the inconclusiveness, and obviously there are yeah, as I say, there's a lot of investigation and a lot of stuff still to go with what's going to happen with Cash Wheeler. But I think you need to take a safety first approach with that. And by that I mean they definitely should drop the titles here to the young bucks. They're a, a safe, a safer pair of hands you possibly can have. I think that yeah, the team that you mentioned could be the ones to eventually dethrone them. But I think for the time being, there's no harm of having it on the young bucks. That you need to probably just for the sake of what could potentially be happening or what could not happening, not be happening, take Cash Wheeler off TV for a while and just have Dax wrestle as a single or wrestle alongside Punk or something like that for a little while. I just think that, um, yeah, you you don't want to assume that, oh, there's, there's a misunderstanding or that it wasn't as bad as people first seen and then something's come up or something to be found out and then just think, oh, fuck, this is worse to figure out. As I say I, I don't want to speculate too much one way or the other, but you never know we, – well, we won't know until like, at a later date, so I don't think you should – you should jeopardize the sanctity of the titles just for the sake of, you know, keeping it on FTR. I think they've had a good run. They've had some really good matches with lots of, uh, like, Bullet Club gold, and, yeah, they've they've had a good run with the titles. I think it's time to uh, hand them back to the Young Bucks.
0: I could see there being a potential situation, though, of, like, this whole punk versus the elite thing maybe they had an idea in mind of like FTR retaining as like a, I don't know, like a sign of goodwill, you know, to be like, Hey, look, we're willing to do business with you and whatever punk's the issue. It's not you guys. I could see that being like a political problem backstage, but that's part of the litany of unknowns yeah. where
2: that's, that that goes the other way as well.
0: Could be that too. Yeah. And that's like, We're not going to know that information until we know it. It's it's stupid of a phrase that it is, but that's just the reality of it. Until that information for that and the arrest and all these other things come out or play out, we're not going to be able to look back in hindsight and say whether or not this was a good idea to go one way or the other. And it might be pretty obvious. It might be like, yeah, you're way better off putting those titles on the Young Bucks and just being safe about it. Or it could just be like, well, you know what? We had planned on FTR winning this. And maybe this stuff is getting blown out of proportion online. And maybe it's not as big of a deal. And then they can continue that going forward. And then, you know, two months from now, we look back and we're like, yeah, nothing ended up happening with that. Okay, that was the right call. But I think whether either team wins, the crowd's going to be happy. It's just whether or not they pull off the good match. And I mean, look at those two teams, they're going to have a good match unless something really weird happens, like they get injured. So that's what people are looking forward to more than anything. But I'm going to say the young bucks win the titles without the idea in mind that like I had thought FTR up until that point. Now I'm going to go young bucks. And as far as titles changing hands, I do think that there's a good chance that that might be the case when it comes to the four-way for the AEW Women's World Championship. Ikara Shida is the champion heading into this, and she's got Dr. Britt Baker, Tony Storm, and Soraya. I don't ultimately care about this match for the same reasons that I've said for every pay-per-view for the past, like, 11 months of, I've seen it. I, I'm Tired of these same few people feuding with each other. And I don't care, but I think so. is going to win and potentially drop it next week.
1: Who's she dropping it to?
0: Maybe just Baker. It wouldn't shock me if they give the title to Soraya here because it's a big, like, I mean, obviously it's in the UK, so that's another whole element to it. But like, it's a big, like, Hey, it's so good that you're, Back in wrestling, whatever, and then they can have her drop it pretty soon, and not have to worry about you know her having a long title reign or anything. I think that would make more sense than if they went with Tony Storm winning, for instance.
2: Going to kind of like, well, just point out the fact that we don't have a lot of, well, I can't speak for all British wrestling fans, but just from what I hear and see. We don't have a lot of affinity towards Soraya because she realistically she spent most of her professional life in the U.S. Like she's like she came over to the U.S. in like her late teens and was part of NXT pretty much from that point onwards. She she wrestled in the U.K. from like her early teens until mid to late, and then she's bit she's lived in the U.S. for half her life. Yeah. And we don't really also well, and just speaking again, okay, can't speak for all AEW fans, but no one really wants to see uh, Soraya be uh, women's champion because she's not really that good. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kind of think that. Well, I'd like to think that they can steer past that point again. I'm not saying it's a, it's a, a dead certainty that she's not going to win the title because there is a very real possibility that they give her the title here. But I think that. Just because of the stories that I'm telling in my head or what I think is going to happen, I think that the sensible option is for Hikarashi to retain here. Hmm. I think that Tony's just been the champion, been very successful as champion. Had I no, would have no problem doing that as, as well. But and I'm liking her new direction of her character to being like a uh, like a very um, uptight actress behind the scenes. I think that's very uh. I think there's a very good switch in it and she's becoming very, um, again, her personality has really come through in the last uh, year or so, so I'm really excited to see what direction that takes. But I think that this should be the heart of the start of Soraya and Tony Storm and the breakup of the, the Outcasts. And I think in order for that to happen, they both have to kind of screw each other out of potentially winning the title. And there's a very good reason why I don't think Britt Baker would win the title, but in order to get to that, we need to talk. We'll need to talk about the main event first.
1: No, so I'm so. gonna just say the exact opposite of what Calum just said. And because of where I think the main event is going, I think Bro Baker is winning the title.
2: It's a possibility as well.
1: I mean, look, this match should be fun. the The women's division isn't booked tremendously. We've said that ad nauseum. They seem to think that the cure for that. Is to have the main event every rampage episode and <laughs> like I think three out of the last four dynamites. It doesn't work for me that way, but I think Baker's winning. I would be fine with Sheeta winning. I'm pretty much okay with anyone but the outcasts winning this belt.
0: So ultimately Calum's going Sheeta, right? Yep. Rob, I'm what do you go? You're going Baker. And I'm gonna go Soraya. Um So that's like one of the matches that I have the least interest in. And originally one of the other ones that was going to be in that same range of like, I ultimately just don't care was going to be the tag team coffin match. Darby Allen and Sting versus AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. Then they did some changes to the card last night and AR Fox is out of the match. Christian cage is in to continue this sort of thing that's going on with uh, Darby Allen's going to go up against Luchasaurus for the TNT title next week at All Out and AR Fox is suddenly now buddy buddy with Darby Allen they just very quickly they rushed this like crazy it was like AR Fox loses the tag team match and Swerve says well I'm really disappointed with you so you're out of the mogul embassy and immediately afterward darby allen's like yep i told you that you're still my friend so take my hand and ar fox is like all right we're cool and (laughs) now it seems like a part of this could be potentially that there's travel issues maybe with uh, ar fox where he's not going to be able to go over there to begin with so maybe they needed to do that at the last minute or something i don't know but uh including christian cage and here upgrades the match considerably for me and especially when it's after a promo where <laughs> where he's like hey nick wayne also i find out that you have a dead dad and whatever it's like his gimmick is to just point out when people have dead fathers it's so fucking funny to me and this feels very much like it's a half-assed feud that i wasn't a big fan of to begin with merged with setting up another pay-per-view so it's all sorts of what i don't like what happens because it feels have hazard to me but christian's so fucking fun that i'm like all right i like this more now and i do like that it's a coffin match instead of just a regular tag team match so that's another upgrade i definitely could see the heels winning here to set up something for the tnt title changing hands at all out but I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I think that Darby Allen and Sting are going to win this. And then somehow, whether it's interference through somebody or something else to set it up, I don't know, that Lugasaurus is going to retain the TNT title at All Out. I'm
2: excited about this match now that Christian's in it. And it's not because that Christian's... Christian's awesome, so I can't say I'm less excited because Christian's just amazing, and I'm glad that he's getting this opportunity to be in this match. But yeah, his stuff that he said uh, to uh, really fun because Christian.
0: We're kind of uh, losing you a little bit here, and there, Callum. Maybe maybe yeah, go back sorry. and uh, we cut yeah. about like half of each of your sentences past minute.
2: I apologise if my internet is uh is going to cut out here and then I can't really do much about it, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So but we. It sounded uh, like you were saying that you're less interested in it now.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, because um, I was actually really into the feud of uh, AR Fox joining the mogul embassy. The thing that I spoke about earlier in, in the show about saying that there was one really bad thing in Dynamite, and that was this whole angle. It was. It's. It was probably up there for me in terms of like when it comes to end of year awards, it'll be high contender of like worst moment and worst thing of the year for me for. AW was this whole handling of AR Fox being kicked out of the Michael Embassy because it was all just so rushed, and it means that AR Fox is now back to being just a mid card, nothing babyface when he was doing really good work with Strickland. And yeah, I I think that the, the whole handling of this feud post the attack on Nick Wayne in the in the uh, Wayne uh, like training their their little training garage thing is uh has all been really badly handled in terms of like Nick Wayne not being injured to the point where he couldn't compete or come back, which I thought was like the whole crux of this feud in the first place, that they took him out and let like left him bleeding and bloody in his own garage. And so um and yeah, and then he just comes back, it's like, okay, why are you still feuding then? Because he's clearly fine. And then now rushing it to the point where he, they're kicking him out of the Mogul Embassy. They could have just said you know, okay, you let me down here, so I can't trust you to have my back at all. In so you're going to have to earn my trust back. So he's still part of the emergency, but he's on the, like on the naughty step or something for a little while, and then you bring in Christian Cage, and then it's all it's all fine. Like okay, you still have Ar Fox, and he has to do something to earn Strickland's trust back, and then you bring Christian in, and, and yeah, everything's good. It's like it's still a change, and like it makes up for the fact that apparently ar fox can't travel to the uk but um but you don't lose everything you've built up so far and the way they handled it was i think was just like really really poor up until the point christian started talking and started uh saying that uh, <laughs> uh yeah as soon as he started uh going against uh, nick wayne and talking about his dead dad and saying that i'd hate to see you um watch someone else that you loved be trapped inside a coffin.
0: Yeah. And um, like, apparently your dad used to be a, a, a wrestler, but I never heard of him. So he must not have been. All that good. <laughs>
2: like, is, I, mean, I mean, yeah. For, yeah. I mean, that was just brilliant. As I, that's helped elevate this to like, say, okay, I can, I can see why they did it and I'm going to have a lot of fun in the match regardless, but it's just, uh, but yeah, I think the overall handling of the segment on dynamite was poor. And then, yeah, also it also just reminded me of the fact that I just saw uh, someone also tweet about uh, the fact that apparently Edge never knew his father, so that's going to be quite interesting when he if he ever comes into IUW. really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He Edge, raised. Her. Edge
1: was raised by a single mother, never knew his father, doesn't even know his name. So he's going to be I, like uh,
0: you and I. We pretended that we were brothers for a while. I never knew our dad. Neither did you.
1: I I had a dad. That's, that's why you spent so much time at my house. <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: but, yeah. I, I think that there's, there's no wastings losing in
1: Wembley. So, yeah. don't for the baby faces winning. Look, let's not mince words here. The build up to this fucking sucked. <laughs> like, it was not good. Poor Swerve is the most snake bitten dude in this company when it comes to just storylines, and apparently, in character, he can't seem to find good henchmen. But uh, <laughs> forget about that. It doesn't matter. Thing's going to be at a casket match with Christian and Darby Allen, who's like this new age Jeff Hardy, and Swerve who kicks all kinds of ass. Let's just forget the dumb stuff and let's just watch these four go out and have a fun match. Because, like, that's what this is going to be. And Christian and Darby, by the way, fucking ruled on Collision. So... Let's just have fun with this. And it's Sting and Christian. They've worked together, which is, for Sting and AEW, a very rare thing where he's actually worked with the guy before. So that'll be fun. This whole thing's going to be fun. Storyline sucked, but what can you do? I'm looking forward to it.
0: Are Big Bill and Brian Cage sold teaming together?
1: No, Big Bill's now managed by Ricky Starks.
0: So I was going to say, isn't it about time that Brian Cage just like left the Mughal embassy and became part of that whole, like the, I
2: mean, you know, I Bill joins the Mughal embassy.
1: Yeah. That would probably be much better henchman.
0: The three of us are going to have to sit down sometime and you guys are going to have to tell me what's out of date for my stable list because it feels like every week it's like oh no that's this one's kind of in the, this team but they're only on that team if they're on roh shows and then if they pop up on another thing they're in a different team and it's all maddening to me i get reached a point where i stopped even uh, updating that page for a little bit because i was just like you know what screw it we'll do it some another time but as far as adding new members and new teammates and everything look at that transition we have some adjustments that have been made to the stadium stampede match it was originally going to be well i mean as far as when it was announced who knows if they had plans other than that it was going to be the lucha bros eddie kingston and best friends of you know trent chuck and orange cassidy against the blackpool combat clubs john moxley claudio castagnoli and wheeler Yuta, and then three tba teammates well, Phoenix can't travel over there. So you have to take him out. They did a whole angle of him being stretched out on this week. And instead of him being replaced with somebody and then adding three people to the BCC side of it, they instead added two and they just said, you know what, we're just going to trim the match a little bit. I'm very curious who that extra person was planned to be. And I still think that that person's going to come out and interfere because this is a stadium stampede match it's no dq we're gonna get people brawling all over the place i think that that's going to be the difference maker that gives the edge to the blackpool combat club and i think that they were going to win anyway but whoever that extra person is will come out and make it in an uh, in uneven numbers game to where that team wins but the two additions were santana and ortiz And you know what? That's pretty cool to see that they are working together again, that they are back. And that's the team that I was saying earlier. Now is the time put those tag titles on them. For some reason it didn't happen during that whole big beginning stretch of like the first few years of AEW where it felt like a different company than it is now. And we've heard all these different things about that. They don't want to work together. They're not a team anymore. So on and so forth. They're working together in this. You can assume that they probably sorted out whatever that problem was. Give them the belts. I want Proud and Powerful to win these tag titles soon enough. And I think that winning this match not only can give them the reason to say that they deserve a title shot, but for that matter, I could see John Moxley beating Orange Cassidy for the international championship. And if he gets the pin on Cassidy or whatever kind of machinations that they really want to do with that. I could definitely see two titles coming their way towards the Blackpool combat club group, whether or not Santana, I'm assuming that Santana and Ortiz probably aren't officially in the BCC, but I don't know. They haven't clarified that yet. And, um, I'm definitely going with baby faces, losing this one.
1: Callum, how excited are you to see a Wembley stadium stampede? I mean, it'd
2: be interesting to see how it's, uh, how it functions in real life. I wonder if they'll climb up the, uh, the famous Wembley stairs, which is what every football team climbs up towards, uh, like when they have a, like a trophy presentation or something like that. So, so they might fight all the way up those. I think there's like 90 odd steps of those. So it'd be a bit of a, a bit of a slog, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just excited to see how, where they go across this entire, uh, across this entire huge stadium. There's so many places they could explore, but, um, I think this is like probably the best example of managing to balance the fact that they've got a pay per view this week and then a pay per view next week. And the fact that you put these guys together in this huge stadium stampede match with like tons of like, yeah, which is like huge and like it's, it feels like a big event and it feels like it's befitting a venue like All In and a Wembley Stadium. And then from that, you can build loads of singles matches or tag matches that you can then have for All Out. Like, like from this, you probably can have Boxy versus Orange Cassidy, Best Friends versus Santana and Ortiz, and Kingston versus Claudio for the Ring of Honor title if you wanted to. You could build all three of those matches in this one thing here if you, yeah, if you wanted to go in that direction. So, yeah, I'm super excited for how this comes together. I think that the fact that it's now five on five is... Maybe to its benefit, like even though I would have loved to see Phoenix involved, I think that maybe less people, there's less uh, needing to do like the camera going in multiple different directions and trying to capture everything. Again, it won't really matter for me because I'll, well, I, I guess part of me will be watching people roam around, roam around the building, but then also having to crank my neck up and look at big screens <laughs> and stuff like that as well to see certain things happening. But yeah. I think that Santana Ortiz. It is good to see that they have, as I, um, at least by what I saw on the uh, like the fightful uh, post show for uh, the latest episode. Of Dynamite it says that they're still not on positive terms, or at least not friends still. But they are. But the fact that if they are still, if they're able to see now that they are better as a package than apart, and that's the thing that's going to. Um, achieve the most value for them so if they're willing to do that and bury the hatchet and just move on regardless of whether they you know hang out backstage anymore or anything like that that's good news and as tony says then there should be a time in the near future where they are the tag team champions so yeah i'm going with bcc as well i think having moxley the pin orange cassidy all get involved in that kind of thing and leading directly into an international championship match would be like a really good course of action. But I want to see Kingston do something to Claudio that's like half kills each other half kills each other just to <laughs> just for my own amusement.
1: Yeah, I first of all I wanna say that the story to get here was a lot of fun. And I I think I really have to credit the way that they've used Renee Paquette, I like. Oh, she's that. Been amazing! Yeah, she's, I she's really doing like so she's good,
2: doing. so good work recently.
1: And you know, having her try to do her job with Eddie, and Eddie just realistically going, "Your husband just did. Why are they sending you? Don't talk to me. I'm gonna finish it at Wembley. That's it's not that overdone, dramatic." Well, you're sleeping with him, you know? Like, it's not that. And it's just, it punches in the right way. And I think this match is going to be an absolute banger. I, too, would like to see John Moxley beat Orange Cassidy probably next week for the title. I'm not as sold on Proud and Powerful. I want to see them in a couple tag team matches first, make sure that they're still in sync, make sure the rhythm's still there. But yes, obviously, I'd like to see them get the belt at some point. I want to see the best friends get the belt at some point, because I think that early generation of tag teams got absolutely screwed because of the amount of names that came into the company. This match should be absolutely fucking killer. They should be going everywhere. I want to see Claudio do some kind of crazy giant swing that you can only do in a stadium like this. I don't know where he would do that. Maybe he does it on those stairs that Callum was just talking about. <laughs> I, I want to see a lot of craziness. I hope it's a good time. I hope Wild Thing never stops being played.
0: See, I already put down on my thing. I was like, don't even try to do that joke again. I don't want that to be the case.
1: <laughs> I I completely disagree. <laughs> Play Wild Thing. because Look, the English crowds are great. They sing songs. Let them sing songs. Play
0: Seven Nation <laughs> Army. <laughs> sure. Like,
1: like, Just let them have fun. This one's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. But I'm also going to say BCC.
0: And as far as the uh, idea of like, oh, you know, is this match going to be really good and all that stuff? The match that I would say I'm looking forward to the most as far as just like, on paper, this makes sense to be on this card. And it's something that I think is going to deliver pretty well. Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Now, yes, it's not, jericho from 20 years ago but it's still chris jericho he still has an incredibly high ring acumen he knows what he's doing he i am fairly certain it's going to make the right call here as far as making sure that will osprey wins this match because he's the one that benefits much more out of getting a victory out of uh the two of them it might not be the absolute best match that's on the card, considering that there are other matches that have a lot of other potential too, but this one's a major selling point for me. I'm really looking forward to it. Osprey gets the win.
2: This promo segment, this contract signing they had on Dynamite was next level brilliant. I, I've, I've, I've seen it like develop definitely over the recent couple of years, but Will Osprey's not only arguably the greatest wrestler going right now but he's also one of the greatest talkers going right now and i think that the gravity and the seriousness in which he approached the like why he this match is so important to him why it's going to events like this are going to help establish him as the best in the world it's going to help him make a lot of money when his contract is up with new japan pro wrestling in six months time and it's going to mean that uh, he can like Get a good as possible living for his missus and his um and his uh his four year old step yeah stepson afterwards. It's the uh, yeah I think that he added a lot of weight into this, and I think Jericho. Jericho was a little bit heelish in his approach to it in terms of talking about how like without him like he wanted to have this match with Osprey and telling Osprey to like tone his style down. And like talking about how he, like he didn't end up in a wheelchair because of what Jericho said, and I think Jericho's going to play, end up having to play heel in Wembley. I think Osprey is the way that he approached this. I think Osprey is going to be. I mean, I think the fact that there's not going, going to be a heel because Jericho's a legend and Will Osprey's beloved in the UK, so I think it's going to be kind of like, I would say fifty-fifty, but they're both going to be. Appreciate at certain at different points, but I think that Jericho will probably get the brunt of the abuse, despite the fact that Don Callis is going to be alongside Will Ospreay. Basically, everyone's going to aim their animosity to towards Don Callis, just like the other two guys, probably. But yeah, I think there's a lot of directions they could take on this. I think you absolutely want one, one thing for certain absolutely Will Ospreay should get the victory here. Really helps cement him with the fact that he has beaten Okada in the last couple of months and. Uh, Kenny Omega, adding Chris Jericho to that just helps establish him even further. I think AEW should be making a major, major play to bring him in full time uh, if and when his uh, New Japan contract runs out. Um, and yeah, I think that helps continue it because really, realistically, the feud is between Don Callis and Chris Jericho. So we'll see that continue and Osprey can just go back to New Japan, do more stuff there after uh, on the previous night wrestling uh, Shingo Takagi in the main event of the Rev Pro Show. So he's got a busy weekend coming up to him, but that's kind of what Ospreay does. And then, yeah, we'll see how it goes. The one thing that I think is a bit up in the air that we might see here, but maybe not see at this particular point, but down the road, I think we're probably seeing Sammy Guevara joining the Don Callis family.
1: And there it is. That's exactly what I'm worried about. I wasn't worried about it until last night, where like, what are you doing, Sammy? And Sammy's like, he's my friend. As soon as that came out of his mouth, I'm like, oh fuck, he's completely draining the Don Callis family. Really,
0: yeah. I didn't get that vibe.
2: You know what the weirdest thing about it is? because I totally got that vibe as well. And the weirdest thing about it is he's actually getting good baby faces, baby face reactions now. I know. For so long ago, and now they're gonna say now he's gonna turn heel on Chris Jericho, and this is like. Wow, Tony really likes to play with this guy, doesn't he? <laughs> he really likes to just like mix things up a little bit more. But um I mean I'd be totally down for it. I think um I think the long term vision needs to be that you need to have a Sammy versus Jericho feud at some point. Like they've been attached to the hit pretty much since the start of the company. So I think that there needs to be a rivalry between those two and it needs to and I think Don Callis is the perfect instigator of that. He's basically said that his whole vision for bringing Ospreay in is that he's going to use him to finally kill the legend of Chris Jericho and Ospreay will probably get the victory here, but he's not an AEW guy. So he'll be going back to new Japan afterwards. So how do you sustain that decimation of Jericho? Well, you go to what he, he thought was his closest confidant and you manage to turn him on Jericho. So, so yeah, I think the long term is Sammy and Jericho feuding. Hmm.
0: Um,
2: but yeah, but yeah, this match, I th- I think this match to be great. And I think Osprey is going to go out of his way to have the greatest match he possibly can have with Jericho, and he's done it with guys that are less able and less mobile than Jericho. I, but, love but, Vader. I think. Yeah, yeah, he had a match with Vader. Like, like old, yeah, old Vader. Yeah, put him can over and do it. Did, yeah, like he had a match with um. Ah, uh, Kenter in the G one, and Kenter is like nothing now. He can barely move around as as like at all because his body's so broken. And he managed to have like a four star match with Kenter. If he can have a four star match with Kenter, then this match could steal the show if they if they plan it out correctly. But I'm yeah, I'm super excited. I've never seen Chris Jericho wrestle live. Well, this I'm might just gonna... be the one one opportunity
1: I ever get to to see it. I'm just gonna say like what Callum said about the Omega thing, I feel about this. From the minute this was announced, people were like, oh my God, Osprey Jericho? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> Jericho's the fucking man. He puts on tremendous matches. He had a banger run last year. You're going to tell me he's not going to do it? I and mean, we haven't even talked about this. He's going to play himself to the ring in front of 80,000 people. He's singing Judas with Fozzie live in Wembley. Like This is the kind of stuff that nobody would have thought this was possible five years ago. The shit that AEW has been able to do and Chris Jericho has been able to do since wrestling Omega at the Tokyo Dome it wasn't even possible at the time. This is so cool from that respect alone. And then you throw in that banger promo they did last night where it's like, okay, now I care, now I'm invested, and I, too, want Tony Khan to work over all the money to get Will Ospreay full-time.
0: I think Um, it's going to happen.
1: It's going to be a great match, and if it's anything, I I, I hesitantly say that, though, because you put on a bit of a stinker with Adam Cole, and I was looking forward to that one at Double or Nothing, but I think that this should be a fantastic match, and I'm looking forward to it, and I think Will Ospreay wins.
0: All right, so let's talk about the two matches that are tied to each other now. Go back to the beginning of the show and the end of the show. The Zero Hour ROH World Tag Team Championship match, Aussie Open against MJF and Adam Cole, which will lead into the main event of the AEW World Championship match, MJF versus Adam Cole. I think they've done a good job of setting up the idea of we know something's going to happen here but whether or not they pulled the trigger on it being okay well it's just the obvious mjf turns and haha i I keep telling uh, everybody that i'm the devil why did you think anything was going to be different thing or they go in the at this point equally obvious mjf is being legitimately serious talking about how he finally has a friend and he is willing to let all these bygones be bygones with adam cole and it's cole who will turn with Roderick strong and the kingdom and everybody leading into you know babyface uh mjf coming out of this i think in any fashion the roh world tag titles are staying where they are and then the main event itself At this current moment, 4.43 Thursday afternoon, I'm leaning towards Adam Cole winning the title. But I'm not even at like a 52% on that. I'm barely at a 51. I really kind of can't call this one, and that's really interesting to me.
1: My fear as it stands at 4.43 on Thursday afternoon, <laughs> is that they've made it so obvious that Adam Cole is ready to earn. That they go, ah, did you really think MJF is going to be a nice guy? Because Tony's right. Both things are equally as obvious at this point. What's not been seen yet is MJF is a legitimate babyface. So I hope they go in that direction. I think Adam Cole leading a new team of the kingdom. Roderick <laughs> Strong, Rip Baker, and pray to God, Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know what his status is, but we're just fantasy booking right now.
0: Even if it's just Strong, Taven, and um, Bennett, and Bennett yeah. wouldn't they potentially be the next trios champions after the acclaimed Billy Gunwin?
1: There's that. Yeah. There's the fact that <laughs> Adam Cole hasn't resolved his issues with the Bucks. And Kenny Omega, there's, there's a lot of meat on the bone here. There's a fun power couple option of Baker, Cole at the top of the company. They were literally the focal point of your uh, reality show. You can kind of do the heel Cody and Brandy thing that you never got to do. Um, there's a lot here. I don't know how it shakes out in terms of like do you do the turn at the tag match or do you you know do it at the very very end of the night either way I'm going to say Aussie Open retains and we end the night with Adam Cole winning the world championship
2: Before I go into talking about this, because I could, I could wax lyrical on all the stuff that's happened with this angle in the lead-up to it. Uh, first question for Rob. Do you think Adam Cole made the right decision of leaving NXT?
1: Yeah, I didn't mean, like. <laughs> it, it was a rough one at first, not gonna lie. He was my, when we did the End of the Year Awards, he was my disappointment of the year, unfortunately. But they finally got there. And if they, they can kick this in the way I'm hoping they do... And yeah, I think we'll finally start to see shades of that Adam Cole in AEW, which is what I've been waiting for for two years now.
2: So I think that this has been just masterful storytelling from start to finish. You can say that you didn't like some of the more goofier segments that they had together, but overall, the whole story of them developing this, originally having this rivalry and having that time in the draw match... And then coming together as a tag team and forging a an alliance have been really, really well done. I think it's at least up there, if not de facto, the greatest can they coexist storyline in history. Probably, it's probably between this and Team Hell No. You probably
0: haven't this. seen my uh, my Marvel versus DC idea yet.
2: Until <laughs> 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 I do, then I will. I will yeah. say that this is this is the greatest. Then. Um, and yeah that as you guys have described like the best thing about this beyond just how how, how over the team is and how well they have positioned each other and how they teased things but haven't deli- like like f- gone too far in one direction or the other it's so it's so on a knife edge because it can be either one of them and it makes total sense for it to be either one of them that makes the turn and joins up with the other guys and leads that faction it can be either one as the as as your uh, champion it's whether you want to keep adam cole as like the babyface guy because it's like it's like adam cole's a super likable guy in reality but he is but on tv he's so much better as a heel and MJF. but Jeff is now like a super dynamic babyface but hasn't had to change anything about him to be that babyface so there's that aspect, there's that whole bidding war of 2024 thing. Do you need MJF to be the world champion for the that whole story to really work? Or do you need him to be chasing the world title? And maybe say, like, that could be the incentive for him re-signing with AEW, is that he needs to be Cole and take that title back.
0: Or just even give people more interest in the idea of, oh, he lost the title, is he going to stick around then? Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that aspect of it as well. So there are multiple different ways to go. And as I said, like... They both have histories of turning on people and being that, that vicious heel character. So yeah, it's completely on a knife edge and it's just as I say, they could do it in multiple different ways. Obviously they're not winning the Ring of Tag Team titles. Everyone knows that that was the Aussie Open are going to retain. But do they do the turn at the end of that and you have like this big cliffhanger leading into the main show, or do you wait on it and do the big emotional angle in the main event, however that pans out?
1: You hear me yes. out? We all said that they don't win the Ring of Honor tag titles. What if they do? To throw you off the scent of the turn, and then Adam Cole does the turn, and the Kingdom just win the titles from them.
2: I think that i That's that's no, it's like it's not the worst possibility in the world. I think my reasons for that is just it's been the Aussie Open haven't held the titles for very long. So I think they would keep them for a, a bit. And then, yeah, and also it feels a little bit like finger poker do me stuff. If, like, Cole just comes in as the Ring of Honor Tag Champion and just lays down in the ring for the Kingdom to become champions. I'd say it's not the, the worst idea in the world. They have done it multiple times in multiple different promotions. So, um but, yeah, I think, that's, I think that you play it safe and have Aussie Open win and you have a bit more fractures between MJF and Cole. Well, I don't know whether my I, idea that I posited like a week or so ago about um, Adam Cole leaving MJF bloody and then MJF having to make like this ultimate babyface comeback in the main event is going to happen or whether you need to make the whole match a bit more drama-infused. To basically you're just waiting. You're watching the match and enjoying it, but you're just waiting for what's going to happen. Like I think NJF versus Adam Cole is like their bloodline story, and so I'm not saying the match. I think the match will be better than most of Roman Reigns' ah bloodline matches, but I think that yeah, you are
0: you are what we, uh, we got out there again. Yeah. I was
2: gonna say um, it's like you're still waiting on who does what, or who does, or who gets involved, or who does what to who. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be—it's going to be different from all the other matches because all the other matches are going to be like the more typical AEW style of like bang bang, action packed, loads of cool spots. Whereas this is very, very story orientated. So, yeah, I'm really excited for this main event. They've done a fantastic job, both of these guys.
0: Not at all. The match that I was anticipating would have been this a couple months ago and all, but. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the pay-per-view. I'm excited for the fact that it's going to be in the afternoon and it'll just be, you know, hey, look at that. We're done. And, you know, there's still Fuck time off, left in asshole. the day.
1: There's, there's an Impact show and an NWA show. I'm not done.
0: <laughs> you think anybody cares about that?
1: <laughs> well, listen, at, what did I just say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got to watch Tyrus against the just write,
0: just write any results and nobody's going to fact check you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just uh nwa like uh jimmy mcgee won the um <laughs> the 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 wrestling uh south championship or something and people will be like oh man i like that jimmy mcgee um yeah so we will have any updates to this card over on smartcatmoma.com in the meantime of course if they do change anything prior to the pay-per-view When the pay-per-view starts, coverage on smartoutmoment.com. I'll have my A W N post up. We'll have that thread on the Mega Maniacs over there on Facebook. And immediately following the pay-per-view, I will be going live for the post show on YouTube here. So if you are listening to us on Amazon Music or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or something, there is no live option for that because I don't have the option to do it. But if you hop on over to youtube.com slash smartoutmoment, then as long as you've got your um, subscription sorted out, because the only people that can chat are the ones that are subscribed, which you should be doing anyway, then you can join live. You can tell me your thoughts. I'll talk about what I think. If Rob is able to join, then he'll be joining. I don't necessarily bank on that being the case. I know that Callum, of course, will be, reeling from watching this live probably stuck in the crowd for a little while (laughs) uh trying to find his way back home but we'll get some report from Callum and the, the live experience after the fact and you know either talk about that on the hot tags or something maybe i don't know but all that stuff will be happening out there in the next few days so we'll see how this plays out we'll see if there are any title changes or any surprise appearances from anybody or just a damn good pay-per-view or something i don't know so make sure you are continuing to follow us at smart out moment make sure you head on over to fanboysanonymous.com for everything over on the blue brand check out potential movie reviews maybe some fan tracks coming in the next few days i don't really know entirely and if you go over to the link tree on amangotree.com, you'll find links to all the Smart Count Moment and Fanboys Anonymous stuff, as well as some other things, including my personal accounts at Tony Mango.
1: Yep, you can follow me everywhere at Police. Check out everything I have going on on Fightful and WrestleZone, as I already mentioned. There will be an Impact Show after All In. There will be a NWA show. I'll be covering one of those. I don't know which one. Uh, you know, I appreciate all the support and as always, you know, com will be here maybe by Christmas.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a present that will be. But uh For the world. You can yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at WeekMister 14. You can check out the power rankings. Every Saturday I run com, where I rank the WWE Superstars based on their performances in the previous week. And then you can check out the Fantasy League, head to www.fantasyleague.com to performing next Stop in the Road, which would be Payback, where our teams will change up a little bit and we can, I guess, calibrate and uh, see who's going to be taking the lead heading into, well, as I say, it's, it's getting ever closer to the uh, turn of the year. So um, I, I think we'll probably look at the, at the third waypoint at the moment. So keep following along. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of points, a lot of changes still to be made.
0: Okay, okay, everybody. That is it for the pay per view point predictions of AW All in London. We will be coming up next with the hot tags tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, whatever it is that you're listening to it, where we're going to talk about the whole Edge contract situation. We're going to talk about this NXT Global Invitational Heritage Cup thing that's going on. We're going to run down any. Thing that happens today on you know the in the world of pro wrestling or anything, and we're also going to talk a little bit about a one more match for Terry Funk, to kind of do something that we would normally do on a week where there wasn't already a pay per view and kind of uh, merge that into the hot tags a little bit. So stay tuned for that. We will see you then. We will see you with the pay per view point post show fall in on Sunday and anything else on SmartOutMoment.com. But for now, this has been another SmartOut Moment. And we are being counted out.